Hello and welcome to the Daily Homily with Father Kevin Drew. Father Drew is the pastor of St. Anne's Church in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. Father Drew's Daily Mass can be heard weekdays at 11 Central on Catholic Radio Network Channel Gabriel 2. And now, here's Father Drew. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Paphos, Paul and his companions set sail and arrived at Perga and Pamphylia, but John left them and returned to Jerusalem. They continued on from Perga and reached Antioch and Pisidia. On the Sabbath they entered into the synagogue and took their seats. After the reading of the law and the prophets, the synagogue officials sent word to them, My brothers, if one of you has a word of exhortation for the people, please speak. So Paul got up, motioned with his hand, and said, Fellow children of Israel and you others who are God-fearing, listen. The God of this people, Israel, chose our ancestors and exalted the people during their sojourn in the land of Egypt. With uplifted arm, he led them out, and for about forty years he put up with them in the desert. When he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he gave them their land as an inheritance, at the end of about four hundred and fifty years. After these things, he provided judges up to Samuel the prophet. Then they asked for a king. God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man from the tribe of Benjamin, for forty years. Then he removed him and raised up David as their king. Of him he testified, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my every wish. From this man's descendants, God, according to his promise, has brought to Israel a savior, Jesus John heralded his coming by proclaiming a baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was completing his course, he would say, What do you suppose that I am? I am not he. Behold, one is coming after me. I am not worthy to unfasten the sandals of his feet. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. When Jesus had washed the disciples' feet, he said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, no slave is greater than his master, nor any messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you understand this, blessed are you if you do it. I am not speaking of all of you. I know those whom I have chosen. But so that the scripture might be fulfilled, the one who ate my food has raised his heel against me. From now on I am telling you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe that I am. Amen, amen, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me, and whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. The Gospel of the Lord. The tabras pro sacerdotibus contendis extrusit. He built hiding places for priests. That's the brief entry in the Roman martyrology for St. Nicholas Owen, one of the 40 martyrs of England, remembered today on May 4th. A former Anglican priest wrote, A master carpenter from Oxford, Owen, was only a little bit taller than a dwarf. He limped from a badly injured leg and suffered a painful hernia. A loyal Samwise Gamgee kind of hobbitish fellow. Nicholas Owen is the man who designed and built countless priest holes in recusant country houses across England. The recusants were those who refused to conform to the Queen's new Protestant religion. To be a Catholic priest in England was a crime, punishable by being hung, drawn, and quartered. The Porsuvants were the spies and agents of the crown who searched tirelessly for the priests. 
To stay one step ahead of them, Owen had to devise increasingly cunning hiding places. He would build false walls and put another false wall in front of it so when they tapped and found it hollow and tore the wall down, they would find an empty hiding place, never supposing that the real hiding place was in another wall behind that one. Another priest noted, Nicholas Owen was the master craftsman of priest holes. Agents would search the house, convinced that a priest was present, seeking to arrest him so that he could be tried and executed for exercising his priestly ministry. They would search high and low, but so well designed were the priest holes that the man hiding inside would often not be found, remaining safe, if cramped and anxious, in the floor or in the wall or under the foundation. Perhaps no single person contributed more to the preservation of the Catholic religion in England during the penal times than a humble artisan called Nicholas Owen, who in the reign of James I saved the lives of many priests by his extraordinary skill in devising hiding places for them. So reads the opening lines of Owen's entry in Butler's Lives of the Saints. In 1580, Nicholas Owen had been secretly admitted to the Jesuits as a lay brother after years of serving the clandestine Jesuit priest Henry Garnett and John Gerard. He had helped them and others remain hidden. He would receive the Eucharist before building a hiding place and would work alone so that no one else would know where it was or how it worked. He prayed constantly during the work and offered the miniature rectories to God upon completion, accepting no other compensation for his work. There is something of the thriller in the life of St. Nicholas, staying one step, sometimes just a quarter step, ahead of the royal agents, hunting him down. In 1594, Owen was caught and imprisoned in the Tower of London with Father John Gerard. He was tortured, but did not give up any information. So important was he to the Catholic resistance, more so than even the priest, as without Nicholas, they might not have been able to function, that a wealthy Catholic man paid for his release. So courageous and ingenious was Nicholas Owen that he returned to the Tower and masterminded Father Gerard's escape. In 1606, Nicholas himself was in hiding when agents were searching for him and two priests. He finally came out of hiding and gave himself up, hoping that the authorities would abandon the search and not find the others. He was returned to the Tower of London and subjected to horrific torture, being suspended in the air for hours at a time over several days. Eventually, the torture opened wounds, that led to a slow and excruciating death. It's interesting. St. Joseph was given the mission of employing his talents in trade as guardian of the Redeemer, the incarnate Christ, against the lethal wickedness of the king. St. Nicholas had a similar mission, to creatively use the tools of his trade to protect those who act in persona Christi, who bring the presence of Christ in the Eucharist against the lethal wickedness of another king. Latabras pro sacerdotibus contendis extrusit. He built hiding places for priests. <laughs>